All right, so I've decided to learn Swift as a front-end development as well as a back-end development. And I'm going to explain what has been for me the difference of um, coming from a data analyst or sorry, a data scientist position into a more of a software or, or in this case, mobile development. Okay, for those who doesn't know me, uh, which I guess I don't know who is listening to this podcast. Um, I actually come from a. I'm working as a basically data scientist, though data engineer. Mm, part of the work that I do is um, work with the, a lot of information, uh, data from different sources. Uh, part of what I do is either connecting that data, manipulate it, uh, prepare it for analytics, and I also do the analytics on the data. Um, so my specialization has been mainly working with um, data sources, uh, databases, uh, a lot of numbers, mathematics, uh, statistics, uh, and connecting different services in order to be able to process. Uh, I look a lot into things related to um, how we process the data and uh, how efficiency, uh, my team and myself, how efficiently we are processing this information. So if we have um, an example would be if we had a large data set, we're working with, uh, you know, what you would call something like uh, big data, uh, what is the most efficient way that we can process is what type of services should we use uh, and what is uh, the final outcome that, that we're looking for. So my role is basically working from that connection point, and that's where my data engineer comes uh, when we connect different services in order to work with our, our, our in our own environment. And then, um, well, how we manipulate the data, how we clean and uh, what type of uh, observations we're looking into it, uh, what is relevant, what is not, and what models do we use to then present analytics. So, all that initial connection is basically our data engineer. Uh, and then we move into what will be more data scientists, where um, it's more um, moving around with uh, models and uh, the mathematics and statistics, and finally uh, data analytics on on the role of getting information out of the the models that we have built and um, uh, get a result in the objectives that we're looking for. And that's gonna be a lot of my my development in the in this. Um, technology world, if you want to call it that way. Um, however, I have touched in um, other areas. So I, I'm not, it's not, I not only have worked with data, I have also worked with some uh, engines that allows you to uh, build applications uh, or IDEs that allow you to build application language that it are more compiling type of language and not only scripting. And my my mind so far understand a lot of the backend of of any application and how it works and how it connects and um what are the sources that are most important for us to to use um i i kind of kind i the, the backend i have a good understanding of the backend i understand how you can use api to get information i understand about optimization of algorithms in order to uh, retrieve data or to um analyze data I understand a lot about uh, data cleansing, and um, as a data scientist, you basically spend 80% of your time 
cleans its data. Uh, now, my, my background or, or where I use this is a very specific type of uh, of um, industry work uh, where I cannot do certain things that maybe if you're in the research, you can do. So if you are in the research, you might be able to take some data. And if the data is not clean enough or it's missing information, you might be able to go and just... Uh, uh, through statistical models or to understanding of business, you might be able to come and uh, manipulate that information, maybe filling in with uh, some average or um, make professional judgment decisions in which you can um, skip, delete and any data that you think could uh, affect your result. So you basically eliminate um, any friction. Um, my role in my industry, it's uh, the complete opposite. You actually need to work with that, um, with those frictions. We look into those frictions. We we try to understand why those frictions exist. exist if it's a user, if it's a system. So a lot of what I do has to do with um, uh, looking around those the frictions, anomalies, um, human <laughs> human interaction with uh, with the, the process of how the data flow. But um, I. I I always been interested in learning to build applications, especially for for iOS. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Um, not be, not only because um, you can use a lot of your creativity uh, on the what will be the UI, um, but is you can basically build a business out of that. And and I think there's a lot of value to to understand that. Um, I have used certain applications for, for example, making presentations like Unity. So I learned. Uh, to work with uh, this engine, and I build interactive applications um, mainly for presentation purposes. So it's nothing that complex or nothing that you can download anywhere. But now um, I'm, I decided to get to be more serious with Swift. Uh, and this is, uh, for those of you who know, Swift is basically the programming language that you use with iOS. A few years back, I kind of started trying to do it, and I actually learned Objective-C. And... Um, Objective C was um, was a bit challenging because at that point in time I I didn't have maybe the deep knowledge that I have now on on programming, uh, but it was fun. I really like it. Uh, I get to build some small applications. I never have released anything, but I've never done anything either. Like it's complete enough or that I believe will add that value just to release application into into the app store. Uh, but uh, I want to change that. And um, thanks to a friend, um, he's kind of helping me with this. He he actually have a really nice application, and, and he has this business idea behind this application. And um, he he knows that I want to learn, and and uh, um, I really get grateful with him because now I can use his application to basically learn. Um, so I'm trying to help him with the back end, and oh, and I'm trying to also help. Um, Maybe not help with the, but yeah, like I'm helping with a little bit with the backend, some of the ideas, but now I'm actually coding into the Swift, and uh, that's something that I'm, I'm. It's it's been really interesting, and and I'm gonna explain how it's been um, the difference between coming to deal with data versus having to work in a kind of more like a software developer, software engineer, or or iOS uh, the engineering. Um, in in the terms of how you deal uh, deal with the different language and the requirements and um, certain things that exist in one but not in the other. And I'm going to start with uh, okay, what what are the main programming languages that we use to process data? 
So when, when you process data, you will use, you don't really need to use compiler language. Uh, you, although you cannot build applications, um, the, the way that you interact with those applications, it's a bit different. You Because you are not thinking really on having a user interface uh, where you're going to click uh, things around. Uh, most of the time, you will write a code uh, depending on what type of language you're using. Um, let's say you're using Python, you you may create different modules, and uh, these modules will uh, maybe follow a functional programming uh, architecture. Uh, and through that functional programming, you are basically um, running different functions uh, according to what uh, the needs you, you have. So maybe you build using some multi-threading, maybe some async functions depending on, or if you have to connect to, to certain services. Um, but most of the time, it's, a, it's, it's basically go line by line. So you're gonna follow step one, two, three, four at all times. You you there's not you're not expecting to have um, human input. So it goes from the top to the bottom. Uh, runs everything have to run, give you an output, and then you will connect that to some sort of a business intelligence tool. And the business intelligence tools, it's basically your UI. That's where you will build your, the if you want to call it that way, the front end of your application. Um, but this most of the time is, uh, you will have prepare a model that will fit into your uh, business intelligence tool. Doesn't matter if you're using, I don't know, let's say, Popular right now, things like um, Power BI, uh, Tableau, uh, even Alteryx, um, or, or maybe you're using a library for R or Python, uh, or even like maybe you've been using some sort of things like Google Analytics, it still will base on a model. You will, will have a very structured data set, a very structured data, a very structured data model that you will be able to connect and then easily go into it and start building your analytics. So uh, worst case, uh, if you are maybe using this for a website that you already have, you may use some sort of um, like a JavaScript libraries or similar in, in other packages that uh, allow you to visualize. But it's basically input from your model. And this tends to be very straightforward. It, it's, it's not really that complex. The, the hard part here is like I mentioned before, it's about cleaning the data. It's that cleansing, that sanitization of the data, where you want to, um, like I say, I don't, we don't eliminate on the work that I focus, but um, it's um, you need to normalize a part of the data, or even if you are looking into this um, uh, abnormal results or observations, then you will have some sort of flags that will help you to. Um, Kind of scramble and scan or or dig into into these particular um, observations that you're looking into. When you are building um, an actual application, uh, and I think this would apply for like if you, if you are working around software development, it doesn't matter if it's mobile, mobile or your computer, um, uh, like a software application for your computer. Doesn't matter if it's Android or or, or iOS. Um, it's basically that you actually have input from your users, and and these inputs can happen at any point in time. So you need to learn how to deal with these inputs. In addition, you actually have to build a UI. 
you need to have a properly presented uh, system in which a random user that you don't know who is going to be should be able to use it. You need to account for uh, possible errors, for missing information, um, for if the user are in, uh, inputting the, the right type of data or if they understand what they're doing. Uh, you, you need to consider the flow of, of an application. You need to consider the user experience. Is this something easy to use or not? And then you have all these um, more superficial uh, details on uh, what type of font are you using and which color are you going to use and what is going to be the position of uh, of different elements of your um, of whatever you're building these things you don't really have to worry when you are working uh, in or at least most of the time you don't have to worry about them when you're working around data science or data engineers or data analytics uh, like i said before your ur is usually uh, some sort of business intelligence tool or maybe an online platform that just need to have a, a data model fixed to it. Uh, so with uh, when you build an application now, you need to think on uh, uh, your view. You need to think on the model that you're going to use and then you need to be on the logic on how the view and the model is going to connect. So you have to start thinking on terms of uh, different type of architectures. And if you are starting with Swift, uh, probably the most um, popular um, architecture right now out there is what they call the model view controller. And the model view controller is an architecture that, for those who haven't heard this before, uh, when we talk about architectures in programming, it means um, how you control, I guess, the different elements or components of a, an application. Um, the model is tends to be your data. Um, your view tends to be basically your interface, uh, how it looks. And then your view controller is where it's the connection between your model and your view and the interaction that your view has to your model. So the view controller is basically that uh, glue in the middle of your view and your model that your view will be uh, kind of interact or, or it will be affected by whatever a user decides to do. And obviously this is a, a very simple uh, explanation. Uh, if you really want to learn more, there is a lot of you on YouTube that you can search for it. Uh, if you're starting to learn about, you're, you're interested in mobile development, um, I definitely think uh, that you will come across with this. And um, the reason why MVC is so popular, it has to be with one of the main frameworks that they use in iOS to build application, which is called UIKit. And the UIKit is kind of like designed to work with this model. Um, the, I guess the difficult part becomes on how complex you want to make your application. Uh, when you are working with Swift, you have um, you use Xcode. You need to have a Max. You need to have Xcode, and there are I guess there are different ways that you can build your application. Uh, you can build your application using something that Xcode has on it called in it called um, UI. Uh, this is your storyboard, and the storyboard it's kind of like a graphical interface that allows you to put together different UI elements, and then with those UI elements you can connect connect it to what will be your uh, view file or your view controller file 
and you can um, provide function to all those elements that you're putting in the view. The other way, it's uh, make, basically make this programmatically. And that's kind of what I'm going right now. Um, the application that I'm working at the moment, uh, <laughs> the only view that has is the one which that it starts with. And apart from that, it's not using any other uh, view, uh, which means that everything that ha the application has, it's based on um, just program, just coding. And this is where things start becoming a little bit more complex because um, before you have some sort of graphical reference on um, what you were going to touch or how a label will look like or how this button will look like or how this place where you write text will look like. And when you do it programmatically, that basically disappears. You, you have to abstract yourself out of the, um, the image or the visual uh, cue on what you're doing, and now you will have to work with what you, how you think it's going to do. And obviously, you have these emulators, and you can run them, and you can see how it's looking. But um, um, when you have uh, when you use the storyboard, you connecting your UI to your file is very straightforward. When you do it programmatically, it's not that it's not straightforward, but now. Um, when you have to create, let's say, let's say that you have to, you want to build a header or, or a title for something, right? Uh, before you can grab, uh, uh, it has library of different elements, and you can take that library and you can just drop it into what will look, uh, what will be like the model of your of your um, of the of the phone that you're using. So you can select what if you want it to look like an iPad, you want it to look like an uh, iPhone 11, 10, doesn't matter. It, it has like all the different models that has been um, uh, released into the market, all the new, or, or at least all those models that Apple has supported so far, supporting so far. So you can take all this uh, information, and when you take the element and you put it in, on on your on the phone that you have in there, uh, you now the only thing that you have to worry is what you want it to be the content. When you do it programmatically, this changes completely, and because now you don't uh, before the compiler, the Xcode was doing a lot of the work for you. In in what term? In what sense? Um, it you manually, visually, uh, like if you were working with on a PowerPoint, you can select how big you want this title to be. You you can decide what font you want it to be. You can say uh, what position you want it to be. And there's some constraints that you visually, by using the program, thanks to their interface, you can select those and set up set those up. However, when you do it programmatically, now you have to build everything from the ground. That means that if you want to have a title, you will need to create some sort of, you will need to first um, call or define what type of elements are going to be. 
and then now inside that element you will have to decide uh, okay what are going to be the dimensions that you wanted to have so you have to write okay how how width and how height is going to be and now you have to decide where you want it so you have to set up what it's called a constraint so this is going to be this much from the left this much from the right this much from the top if you have all the elements that you want to be there then you have to you have to explain how or you have to indicate how you want it to interact interact with them do you want them to be uh, side by side on the top on the bottom all this information now becomes uh, it stopped being uh, you don't anymore have any visual cue now everything is by line of code and I actually I, I actually because I'm, I'm coming from a data science background and you work a lot basically uh, like that uh, you 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 cannot be looking at the data and see what is happening. You you have to understand what you're doing and build it. That kind of makes sense to me. Um, when it what becomes uh, where where the challenge is so far is uh, the type of architecture that you have to use, because like I said before, most of the time you will have some sort of a script, and that script you will connect it, and and that will be it here because you have an architecture to follow, where your model, your controllers, your views are separated you have to know where the logic is going to be and then you have to know how you will interact with each other and there are some limitations um, that you have around this uh, there is this concepts that new concepts or not only concepts but concepts that are implemented different uh, things like protocols or delegates or like even the, the interaction of a closure between um, different files on, on your application these, these all become new and, and obviously, uh, I'm learning, right? So this is um, there is a, there is a lot of uh, uh, functions or methods that I'm not 100% aware of them, um, and and I need to that I need to look for them. That you need to you need to search and, and understand what what you want to do, what you want to achieve. Um, there now you have to worry about things like um, the life cycle of an application. I think that's been one of the most interesting concepts because um, these have to, now this comes a lot into into efficiency, and what it means is if if we understand that a ver the, the existence of a variable is basically the storage of memory in your in your device, the way that you declare this variable and how and when these variables should exist in the process of your application being uh, being used it's actually quite important because um, having certain type of variables alive during the whole process of your of you using the application, this could actually decrease the efficiency or it could take a lot of processing power from your device and this could become uh, an issue. So on understanding the life cycle of an application, again, is this will become... Um, Kind of like a, a a new layer of complexity. Now, when you work with with data, um, it's this is kind of there uh, because you may need to you may need to make sure that you're doing some sort of garbage collection depending on the language that you're using. And sometimes you need to understand when you need to free a space, if you, especially if you're processing like a lot a large amount of data, in maybe in a tiny computer, um, or if you're using cloud computer and you don't want to. You, you have some sort of budget limitation on how much uh, information you can process there. You will definitely need to think about this. But um, the way that you handle the variable in that case 
it, it's a little bit different and it's more straightforward. When you do it in in an application, you need to understand at what point of my application do I need this to be available? Do I need to kill it in the moment that I'm no longer in the screen? Do I need to keep it because later I'm going to need it? Do, should I rebuild it later when I need it? Um, what is more efficient? What uh, takes uh, uh, least amount of uh, processing power? If you already have an application, like if this is the case, this application works with a lot with the video, and working with video takes a lot of your processing power from your from your device, because like the process of rendering and uh, adding or being able to modify certain informations in a video, this actually takes a lot of uh, processing power from your from your device. Doesn't matter if it's an Android, doesn't matter if it's an iOS, or even if it's your computer. Anyone who have deal with uh, editing videos or working with videos in a computer, um, especially when it's like HD and above, uh, you know that uh, rendering, uh, and, and even like Photoshop, if you're doing like a big image, you know that sometimes rendering this type of, um, of uh, files takes time. So... Uh, when you are considering the life cycle of uh, of an of an application, and then uh, and hence the life cycle of a particular variable, there are different ways that you can define your variable to be in order to know where if it, uh, it should be uh, let go, release, uh, deleted, destroyed uh, after certain action happens, so that doesn't keep in the memory. But if you need it later, then um, you kind of need to keep track of what is happening or there should be some sort of way where you can uh, bring back this information. I think this, um, these are concepts that are actually very interesting and that I'm still going uh, around and I'm learning. Um, I really like it. Um, I think it's, um, it's a different side of working with programming that I'm actually quite enjoyed. Um, I would like to have more time to to, to dedicate it to this. Um, it, it's it's amazing um, because when when you work with data, you you basically work with with numbers or at least work, yeah, you, you you work with with numbers and and or, or maybe like sometimes text, but um, you 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 use at the end you represented the statistics statistics or or analytics on 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 this data, but when you are building an application. Um, it feels more like you have um, put something together, like it's 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 this is a digital. Uh, I, I I guess it's like when when somebody builds uh, a house or maybe I'm exaggerating, but it feels like you you build something that can be used for a purpose. When I think when you when you work with data, you have that feeling, especially when you have your data model at the end, um, but. Um, it's 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 kind of like a bit different. I, f- I feel sometimes that when you work uh, around data, everything is focused on that part, that end of analytics, and and that's it. But when you build an application, it doesn't matter if it's to, for your phone or for your computer, it has a purpose beyond that. It's a service. It's a utility, or or it's a complement. It's a complementary tool for uh, maybe a business or or an idea or a service that you're providing. So uh, it, it's it, it feels like um, um, yeah like you're you're building something that people are actually going to use. Uh, when you build analytics, I feel it's more like you're building something that is adding value uh, for that 
for that moment or for that period of time. Okay, but but this is not like uh, you might not have it in your phone, right? This is not your Facebook. This is not your your Uber app where you can request an Uber and, and anywhere where you are. Um, this is more like uh, I want just to want to see how my fin finance are, and then you will look at some numbers and maybe like a graph of um, some sort of visualization to know how it is. And don't get me wrong, I love working with data. I think it's great. Uh, I just like the the creativity and 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 the sense the, the sensation that this is something that people are using and 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 it's going to be like random people using it. The, the idea that it's a product out there that I have helped to create and now and now people are using it. Um, I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, I, I just want to finish, I guess, talking about this with uh, talking around uh, recommendations. So, what what happen if you are? Uh, let's let's say, okay, I'm gonna divide this like this. Let's say that you have zero idea on where to start, uh, and you wanna start, I guess, learning to code. Uh, doesn't matter the language. Um, there are different sources you can go. Um, I think you need to build your understanding of the language first. So um, there is a lot of YouTube video uh, if you don't want to pay. Otherwise, there are many sources of knowledge that for just a couple of dollars, maybe like 10, between 10 and 20 dollars, you can have a lot of uh, good videos that will give you the basic information that you need to build something. Um, will they give you a job? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that you, in order to get a job in the development industry, you either will need to have your own application so you learn a lot of the, um, a lot of things that these courses are not going to teach you. Because also remember that these courses are designed you, you, you may have a tutorial, you may have a challenge, but if you didn't do it, uh, they will give you the answer. Uh, it's different than when you try to build something that you don't have. Um, you, there is no tutorial that is going to explain you, oh, you wanted, you wanted this functionality, this is what you should have done. But you will need to abstract things that you learn and implement it into, into your, own, your, your own application. Um, so I will say first, uh, learn the basics. You know, go to these little applications, go to these programs where you're going to be like, you know, 10 different applications that are going to use uh, 10 different features that are quite relevant. Um, after that, if, you, if you're like me, for example, like I didn't have like a specific idea of what I wanted to build. And even though I started building my own app, I, I felt that I wasn't really challenging myself. I feel that I did, it was pretty easy and, and I, didn't, I didn't feel... Um, that was going to be um, like a big learning curve. Um, so if, you, if you're if you like me and you don't have an idea of an app to build, um, try to partner with somebody. Um, there are a lot of people that are building applications that they need help. And if you t talk to them and explain, okay, this is my limitations, this is what I can do, this is what I will need help for, um, you, you might be able to then start helping somebody and by helping somebody you will learn. If you don't have that, then build your own app, um, and and try. I would say try to do uh, uh, just like a proof of concept or a minimum valuable product that you can you can work with. And after you have it, um, try to try to step it up. Try to um, if you use, for example, 
we're talking about iOS. If you use uh, Storyboard to build your application, okay, how can you start deleting all those um, visual cues and make it into programmatically uh, code in, in with, with your files? I think that will add you a lot of value and, and will give you a, a lot of skills. Um, you definitely need some sort of uh, network that you can talk with to ask questions and how to fix it. Um, you need to know what a Stack Overflow is um, because a lot of the solutions are going to come from there. And um, I, I have this, um, I both recommend and I don't recommend Stack Overflow. So a Stack Overflow, great source uh, to see the discussion, but you have to be careful with the answers that you pick. What I've learned is if the answer looks complex and messy, most of the time that is a bad practice. Uh, different if the answer is uh, straightforward and looks quite lean. Because good programmers, they like lean things. They, um, the programming languages, uh, with some exceptions, of course, or at least the, the modern ones, they tend to be quite lean programming languages. And good programmers, they tend to try to do um, the, the right the least amount of lines unless there is a purpose of having some extra lines. So lean code, clean code, tends to be a good answer. Um, then you need to understand documentation. Um, the truth is that at the end, documentation have all the information that you need. You just need to learn to read it. I do have uh, come across with some th interesting things about um, Xcode um, uh, documentation, and it's not that good as in some parts, especially like quite new. Uh, but it still give you give you some basis to at least understand certain com concepts and um, certain functions methods that already exist or libraries that you can use or APIs that are, are there available and maybe like going into online to to find more information about them. Um, like right right now, to be honest, everything is in Google. Um, so if you're from zero, and that's kind of the path, you need to start learning the basics. So you need to go and find some sort of course to teach you the basics. And then you need to start putting, putting this into practice because like any program, programming language is all about practice. And if you have never uh, learned programming, then you need to learn the basics of the language. If you have already been working with this, then it's going to be a little bit easier. So I, I have to say that um, if I look at myself the, the past, like in the first five days of working with this, I've done, I think, I believe I've I worked with very, some advanced things that I probably wouldn't have done it in one of these online courses that you can find. But I already have some sort of, I already had to have a crown in, in other programming languages. And when you know another programming language, you will see that kind of like the grammar is the same and, and it may change some forms. But um, all of them have methods, all of them has functions, all of them have libraries, um, all of them use variables, use, uh, there are certain parameters that you use, so there are certain logic uh, parameters that you would use. So it, it, it's it's kind of like, um, kind of like all come from, all, all, all of these programming languages at the end, they, they want to talk with the machine and, and they will compile to talk with this machine. So they kind of come from the same root. So it's it's not, it, it's easy to start picking up. You just need to practice and, and, and learn the vocabulary, basically. If, if, we, if we're going to like learn a language, it's, it's basically the same practice. If you want to learn a different language than your own, your, whatever your mother tongue is, um, 
you should uh, you should basically uh, learn the grammar, then start learning the vocabulary, and then start practicing. Here, if you already have learned a language before, doesn't matter. Python, R, maybe, yeah, R is super fine. Python, R, C++, C, C Sharp, Objective C. Uh, picking up like in our language should be fine. Uh, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, what what changes uh, um, probably the the best practices and and you might need some sort of mentor or maybe find uh, some sort of project that allows you to learn the best practice. Um, so in in that case, I don't think you will need uh, that much of help. Um, for those, uh, if you are interested on maybe working with uh, more like the data analytics or data science. I'm not going to talk uh, about that in this particular podcast, at least not in this in this episode. Now, listen, if you're interested, you can uh, reach out um, through any of my social media um, and you will find all, all the links below and I will more than happy to, to make um, to make a podcast or an episode around that. If you would like to have... Um, more information around my process on where I'm learning Swift and where I am at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm also happy to to connect and um, give you, I guess, m my experience. Uh, this has been more like a, an overview of where I'm going right now, and and I'm really enjoyed uh, learning Swift. Um, it's a pretty nice programming language. Um, I I really love um, it's um, it's it um, kind of like motivates uh, both my a logical part of my mathematician or my numeric part that 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 I really liked, um, and but also my creativity. Um, it's um, it's kind of like if you were painting. Um, um, it's like like kind of like you were painting something, but it, using logic. So um, that, that I think that's 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 uh, I don't know, that's interesting for me, and, and I really like it. Um, um, having to think on this is how it's going to look, this is how it should happen, um, th this is the aesthetic that I want you to have. I, I find this really, really enjoyable, both in a code-wise, so I, I actually like to see like a really clean code, a very functional code. Um, uh, this is something that I guess as a user you wouldn't see, but as a programmer I, I really value that. And the second part is the user interface or, or the, sorry, the user experience. Um, being able to see how something that you, who has a bunch of lines, have become uh, something that makes sense for, for a normal person. Um, that's uh, that's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this project that I'm working with, with my friend, and I'm really grateful again to my friend. I don't know if you will hear this, uh, but um, yeah, thank you so much for, for that. Uh, um, I I think hopefully somewhere in the next three months I will become more fluent in, in Swift and then I will be able to start uh, working in uh, other stuff and, and some ideas that I have and hopefully with my friends as well um, helping with him with some projects he, he, he has a really great idea so um, I'm not so so good in uh, at least I haven't got one that I think um, I do have well, I do have a few ideas I just don't feel I have them the skills and, and I think um once I have the skills to put into practice, um, I will definitely jump into them. Um, but so far, it's been something really nice, and it's um, it's kind of like a disconnection as well, working with uh, so much data. Um, 
So like during the week, you know, I'm, I'm doing my regular job uh, working as a data scientist, uh, data engineer. Uh, and then the weekends, I, I'm more like a, this um, front, like front end develop, developer. Um, I think the, the skills are very interesting. Uh, and I'm still using some random skills like the um, connections with the databases uh, like AWS or uh, this uh, Cloud Firestore from, from Google. Um, th this actually is easy, easy parts for me. Like I understand it very well because I've used it in my day-to-day -day work. So it just adds a, a new layer of skills, and, and I, I really like learn. And I think if you want to be a programmer, you want to work in the worlds of data analytics, data scientists, you need to like to learn because you never stop learning. Um, you, it doesn't matter how much you know, there is always going to be something new to learn. Um, if you look into Swift, yeah, you, you may, the program is, uh, these programming languages are constantly evolving. Uh, it's an open source, so you get a lot of um, uh, ideas or, or it grows thanks to the communi community and those people that are doing amazing things with, with language and making it better. You have things like CocoaPods uh, that we can have like a completely another, another podcast just around them. Uh, there are, are evolutions of, of the code or use Swift to to bring some functionalities. Um, so either using them or building them, uh, very interesting to know. And um, yeah, I think um, I think I really enjoy it. I think uh, hopefully uh, I will become better later, and uh, and and we'll see where we go. Um, I, I I focus very much my development as a as a, um, uh, my career as a developer in the backend and I work a lot with the backend and like I said with the data moving into more advanced front ends um, it's definitely something uh, really nice and, and beneficial for, for my career uh, and and I think it will it will pay up one day um, together with other things that I'm learning um, uh, that I maybe I'll share later on when, when I'm a little bit more into it um, so thank you so much for listening. I hope you have enjoyed the the time and uh, my story. Uh, I will update this um, as time passes. Um, but um, I have a few ideas of, of um, other episodes that I want to do around this. Um, maybe becoming a series. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so far I'm learning Swift. I really enjoying it, and I think in, you know in the little time that I've been really focusing on a project that it's not my own but I have a responsibility with a with another part another person it has really pushed my skill so definitely if you want to learn after you learn the basics uh, trying to find a project that will put put that responsibility on you uh, I think it's um it, it could be like a third person like another person like what I'm doing helping somebody or if you have a good idea then you know push yourself to to make your your idea finish. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, all social media are below. And that's how you can communicate with me. And if you have any particular questions around uh, today's topic, uh, yeah, feel free to, to join. Um, my media is right now in private. Uh, but um, yeah, if you if you chose to follow me, I, I will add you and we can have a conversation. Thank you so much and yeah, have a good uh, day or night or wherever you are and we'll, we'll hear each other, I guess, in the, the next episode. Uh, sorry for taking so long, but I've been busy with work and uh, it's been kind of hard like, to, 
to keep um to keep their you know schedule that I wanted, but I would definitely keep uh, making this. I I I liked um I like to leave this little or oh, little bit of recording history of what is happening right now with my life. So um, definitely a good opportunity for to to listen in the future for where I want to listen. So that's all. Bye bye.